0: Nehemiah was a man who knew what it was to live with fear. Remember, he worked as a cupbearer to a powerful, brutal dictator. And part of his role would have been to taste the wine that came to the king and make sure it wasn't poisoned. Now, if he got it wrong, obviously the outcome for him would not be good. And even if he got it right, he would live in fear of the king's displeasure, who could have just got rid of him at any point. Remember, he's an exile, he's a foreigner. But when we meet Nehemiah, we find that although he's a man who's, he's really petrified to speak to the king about what God has called him to do, he doesn't live in fear, he lives out of faith, he overcomes his fear. And today, we're going to look at how he responds to pressure and intimidation and fear. And I'm sure we're going to learn some lessons that will really help us. Because we live in a day, don't we, of anxiety and fear, where the headlines would make us scared. We carry anxieties, don't we, from the last 18 months and they affect how we think and feel and even what we do. As a woman, I know when I walk along the road, I'm aware, I'm looking who is around me. I'm thinking because there are anxieties that I carry. So let's go to Nehemiah. We're going to see that although he's dealing with flesh and blood enemies, for us, maybe our enemies aren't people, they're difficult situations, their pressures, their internal thoughts and fears, their illnesses or financial challenges. But we're going to learn from Nehemiah how to respond to fear. So let's read Nehemiah 6. We're gonna, I'm going to break it up into sections. So if you've got your ba- Bible, do keep it open as we work through this amazing story of Nehemiah. When word came to Sambalat, Tobiah and Jeshem the Arab and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it, though up to that time I had not set the doors in the gates, Sambalat and Geshem sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plains of Ono." But they were scheming to harm me. So I sent messages to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project and cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me the same message and each time I gave them the same answer. So we see Nehemiah's enemies are repeatedly sending messages to him to get him to leave the wall, to leave the work that God has given him and go and meet them. I mean, maybe they were trying to uh, trick him. Maybe they were trying to come to some kind of pact or compromise. But Nehemiah realises that actually they're up to no good. They're, They're trying probably to take him away from safety, away from the people around him, and probably to kidnap him or kill him. And that reminds me of the way that the devil often tries to separate us from the people of God, to to get us to kind of drift away, to to compromise, to look in other directions rather than stay safe with the people of God. Nehemiah is called to be alert in this situation. And, And that reminds me of a great verse in 1 Peter 1 where it says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. And Nehemiah, a man, remember the cupbearer, who is used to being on alert for enemies, used to being on alert for the enemy's schemes, he realises what's going on and he just... Resists it. He just sends those messages and says, I'm I'm not coming, I'm not doing anything. I'm gonna keep working on this wall. And he has to do that many times because they keep sending the same message. And and that happens to us, don't we? Doesn't it? We get tempted, we get pressured by the same things time and time again. And time and time again, we need to stand firm and be alert to the schemes that would trip us up and lure us away from the people of God. Nehemiah also resists it by staying true to his purpose. He knew that what he was called to do was to build the wall. And friends, we need to be aware of what we're called to do. It might be to just be an example in your workplace or be a good mum or uh, look after your your children as as a strong and faithful dad. Whatever your purpose is, be true to it. Keep hold of it. Don't be diverted. But the opposition continues. So let me read the next verse, verse 5. Then the fifth time, Sambalet sent his assistant to me with the same message. And in his hand was an unsealed letter in which was written, it is reported among the nations, and Jeshem says it's true, that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt. And therefore, you are building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you're about to become their king and have even appointed prophets, to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king. So come, let us meet together. And here we see that his enemies now are trying to, blackmail him. They're trying to send rumors. It's, it's an unsealed letter. It's like they've put it out in the Daily Mail or on Twitter or um, Facebook. They're trying to discredit him. They're trying to get the king to call him back and probably kill him. And Nehemiah sees what's happening and he sends this reply. He says in verse 8, I sent him this reply, nothing like what you are saying is happening, you're just making it up out of your head. They were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. But I prayed, strengthen my hands. I love this. I mean, Nehemiah is so direct. He's saying, You're just dreaming. You're ridiculous. This is not true. He attacks the lies. And we need to do that. When those thoughts come in our head, when people say things that undermine us, that aren't true, we need to say the truth. We need to hold on to the truth. We need to realise what's going on. And Nehemiah did. He said, they're trying to frighten us. He didn't deny it. He didn't sweep it under the carpet. He realised what was going on and he refuted it. He held on. You know, fear creeps up on us, doesn't it? It starts with caution, feeling cautious. Then we can feel nervous. Then we can feel anxious. How many of us over the last 18 months have woken up in the night feeling anxious and that can develop into fearfulness and we can end up paralysed. But Nehemiah replaces those feelings, he stays alert, he is confident in God's purpose for him. He counteracts anxiety by trusting in God, and attacking the lies. He is filled with faith instead of being filled with fear and he takes action. You know Moses two weeks ago spoke about the opposition that Nehemiah faced and he describes Nehemiah as a man of faith and action and that's just what Nehemiah is. He, he prays and he says strengthen my hands. And that's such a great picture because it's with his hands he's going to build. So he's saying to God, keep me on my purpose. Keep me working. Keep me active. Help me, God. Help me. I love that prayer. I wonder if Nehemiah knew Isaiah's words from Isaiah 41 that says, I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand And says to you, do not fear, I will help you. And you know, wherever you are, whatever pressure you're under, God would take your hands as a loving father and say, don't fear, don't be afraid, don't be anxious. I will help you. I will strengthen your hands. But things continue to get worse for Nehemiah. And the threats continue to intensify and come from within rather than from the enemies without. Let me read to you from verse 10. One day I went to the house of Shemaiah, son of Deliah, the son of Mehetabel, who was shut up in his house. He said, let us meet in the house of God inside the temple and let us close the temple doors because men are coming to kill you. By night, they are coming to kill you. But I said, should a man like me run away or should someone like me go into the temple to save his life? I will not go. I realised that God had not sent him, that he had, not proph- that he had prophesied against me because Tobiah and Sambala had hired him. He had been hired to intimidate me so that I would commit a sin by doing this. And then they would give me a bad name to discredit me. Can you imagine that? He goes to a prophet, a man of God, hoping for encouragement, for truth, for strength. And instead, this prophet tries to double-cross him. He's in league with his enemies and he, he tries to threaten Nehemiah and say that they're going to come and kill him and the only way he can keep safe is to go into the temple. And Nehemiah knows that going into the temple is against the word of God. In those days the temple was sacred and only the priests could go into the holy place. So even if it means he will die, Nehemiah is going to act righteously. He's not going to be intimidated into doing the wrong thing, even by someone who should be on his side. Wow, that is tough, isn't it? But Nehemiah takes all the courage he has and sticks to what God has called him to do. You know, this month I've been reading some of the articles that have been out there about Black History Month and it's just been so encouraging and just great to remember the people that have gone before and have acted and lived with courage. And one person I I just wanted to mention this morning is Harriet Tubman. Many of you will have heard of her. She was a slave. She was brutally treated, even as a child, and she managed to escape slavery. But when she became free, she didn't think to herself, okay, now I can just settle, keep a low profile, and keep myself safe. No, she felt called by God to go back and rescue others who were still in slavery. She did that time and time again. She risked her life, she wasn't intimidated. She was a woman of faith and she attacked the lies that would have said, no, stay at home, stay safe, don't go back, don't be, you know, she would have just been fearful, but she was determined to save others. I think she must have had an attitude of prayer like Nehemiah because she's quoted as saying, I said to the Lord, I'm going to hold steady onto you and I know you will see me through. She knew God would steady her hands and give her courage. And you know, I was talking to Hazel Ade Williams, she attends the Catford site, about modern day history makers and she was telling me about Yvonne Akisawa, who was doing well in the UK, and then she felt called by God to go back to Sierra Leone, her home country, and start a charity to help rebuild after the brutal civil war. She was like a modern-day Nehemiah. She went into a scary situation, a dangerous situation, to rebuild, She worked in sanitation, can you imagine this, during the Ebola outbreak. She started a charity that rescued girls, orphaned because of Ebola. She faced opposition and hardship. I'm sure she was scared. But she put her faith in action and she prayed. And a group of friends, including Hazel, prayed for her. And now she is Freetown's mayor and she is leaving a legacy in her country, not of fear, but of faith and the action to rebuild. Most of us don't do anything as brave as that, do we? But we're still called people to build something good in our homes to declare the truth of God to people in our schools and neighbourhoods, to tell people about Alpha, about the good news, to pray for people who need healing, to live and act righteously, to rebuild and regather as the people of God. Whatever you're doing, hold on to the attitude of prayer as Nehemiah did. We're going to see now in verse 14, there's a different kind of prayer that Nehemiah prays. I wonder if you've ever prayed this kind of prayer. He says this, remember Tobiah and Sambalat, my God, because of what they have done. Remember also the prophet Noida and how she and the rest of the prophets have been trying to intimidate me. Wow. Wow. He's calling on God to remember the evil actions of others. He's offering the situation up to God and he's saying to God, you deal with it. I need to work on the walls. I don't know what to do with this. You deal with it. Have you ever got to that point in a relationship or a situation which you just don't know what to do? And so you just give it over to God and say to God, Lord, do something. Remember what's going on, Lord. Come on, Lord, help me in this situation. It's reassuring to know, isn't it, that ultimately God is the judge of the earth. And one day all wrongs will be righted and he will sort things out. But often he also acts and intervenes for us in the present. Sometimes to move the person aside or to change the situation. Sometimes to transform people. I mean, this is the power of prayer. I mean, think of Paul. He persecuted the Christians violently. I'm sure they prayed some prayers. Remember Paul? God, deal with him. And what happened? God transformed Paul. He he confronted him. And Paul became a believer, a changed man. That was a solution that God worked on. So let's keep an attitude of prayer. Is there something or someone that's opposing you? Hand them over to God. I mean, Jesus said, didn't he, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And what happened after this when Nehemiah handed it all over to God? Well, let's read verse 15. So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul. In 52 days, when all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realised that this work had been done with the help of our God. That's amazing, isn't it? They completed the wall in 52 days, despite all the intimidations, the fears, the threats, all the things that Nehemiah had faced. He faced them with courage and now fear is kind of on the other side. It's the nations and the people around who are scared because, wow, look what God has done. But this isn't the end of the chapter because the Bible is a true, real, relatable book. Yes, a brilliant success. They had built the wall but intimidation and challenge and pressure continue. Listen to this in verse 17. Also in those days, the nobles of Judah were sending many letters to Tobiah and replies from Tobiah kept coming to them. For many in Judah were under oath to him since he was son-in-law to Shechaniah, son of Arah, and his son Jehonahan had married the daughter of Meshulam, son of Berechiah. Moreover, they kept reporting to me his good deeds and then telling him what I said. And Tobiah sent letters to intimidate me. Nehemiah had great success, but the trouble and the trials and the pressure continue. And what's worse, it came from within his own people. And sometimes we face that, don't we? Sometimes even the people closest to us undermine our faith. And that's so hard when you love someone, when you work with someone or they're in your family, and yet the things they say and do, yeah, feel like they're going against the word of God. They're they're drawing us, trying to draw us into compromise. Friends, we need to stay faithful as Nehemiah did and lean into God and ask him to keep strengthening our arms. We need to be alert for the enemy and for his schemes. We need to attack the lies that come in our head and speak truth. We need to continue to act righteously, whatever it costs us. And we need an attitude of prayer. I mean, Jesus himself talks to us in John 16 to to his disciples. He said this, I have told you these things so that in me, in Jesus, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus is with us in our trials and our pressures and our fears. Jesus himself was tempted, wasn't he? He was taken into the desert and he faced the devil who tried to trick him and lure him in different ways. But he was alert to the devil's schemes and he attacked every lie the devil threw at him with truth, with the word of God. Jesus faced opposition from all sides. They tried to accuse him and intimidate him and stop him. But like Nehemiah, he set his face to Jerusalem. He was determined to fulfil his purpose. He prayed. He prayed in Gethsemane for help to do God's will. Even Jesus needed to be strengthened. He needed to come before his Father. And then on the cross, as he endured all the world and the devil could throw at him, he defeated the enemy. He defeated the enemy and through that action, we, if we put our faith and trust in Jesus, can be forgiven. We can be made alive in him. Colossians puts it like this. He disarmed the powers and the authorities. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Jesus did that for you and I so that we will stay alert, we will stay focused, we will stay strong when we're under temptation. And he is with us right now strengthen us. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you will come to us. We need your help. We need you to strengthen our hands. Help us, Lord, when we're under pressure, when we give in to anxiety, when we're full of fear, come and strengthen us. Chase fear away with truth. Help us to continue to act and live righteously in a world that sometimes just feels against us. Help us to keep working, to keep rebuilding and regathering, to keep speaking about the good news of Jesus. Lord, strengthen us, I pray. Amen. Let's continue to respond and ask Jesus to strengthen us now.